For all of Gabriel's show dates and ticket links go to gabrielrutledge.com. Or don't. If you would like to support this podcast by subscribing for $5 a month, click the Substack link in the episode notes. You won't get any extra episodes, but Gabriel will think warm thoughts about you. And now it's time for the drive home with Gabriel Rutledge. Play the royalty-free hip-hop music. Now here's your host, Gabriel. Hi, sorry about that. Oh, all good. Uh, could I get a 16-ounce drip? Thank you. Two dollars fifty-seven cents. Actually, I'll just take the fifty-seven. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good day. Driving home. From Wenatchee, Washington. Just got a coffee somewhere on a mountain. Easton, Washington. Easton is the middle name of my friend John. Shout out to John. Uh, normally, uh, when I get a coffee, by the way, that's very funny because it's raining and that little espresso stand, uh, they had like you know, some like muffins and bars and stuff out on the little ledge. Like, here's what you can order besides your coffee. But it's raining, so it's just like, I mean, they're in packages, but just like, it's not very appetizing. It's not very enticing to look at a wet muffin. Actually, now that I say that sentence out loud, Some of the best times of my life I've been looking at a wet muffin. Well, we're starting hot. Also, normally, uh, when I get a coffee, I mean, that was a, whatever, $2 and 40 cent coffee and I tip two dollars I'm not saying I'm a hero but I'm not saying I'm not uh, but usually I would tip I always let them keep the change but I'm out of change in my car and I need to get my uh, my parking budget back up You know, it's 2023. You don't actually need change to park. But have you ever tried to pay for parking <laughs> in the meter without change? You gotta scan this barcode, go to this website, register, punch in your credit card number. It's way too much. I was trying to pay for an hour of parking in downtown Olympia last week when I was getting my hair cut, and it it took me eight minutes 
$2 on my credit card. Why is it so fucking hard? Why can't I just... I have seen some where you just put your card in. Why don't they all have that? Why do I have to go... Why is there an app? God damn it, I'm old. Anyway, I'm going to drive back to that coffee stand and give back to the two cents because I can't put it out of the parking meter. What if I drove back and I said, hey, uh, just wanted to give you my two cents, but you're doing a great job. Pretty sure she would stare at me because she looks 17. But I turn 50 next month, so people who are 28 look 17 to me. That's how it works. And when people die at 70, I go, ah, so young. Hot show last night, a laugh riot at uh, at Wenatchee. 800 people. They were not there to see me. I mean, they, some of them were, but I mean, they, they've been doing the Laugh Riot comedy show in uh, Wenatchee for like 20 years, so it's, it's like a community event. It's always weird to do a show where they have, they have two screens on the sides of the room that I'm also on, or whatever, whoever the comedian is on stage is on. It's very weird to, like, be performing and then, like, look over and catch a glimpse of yourself out of the corner of your eye. And it's also weird to look at the crowd and see many of them not looking at you, but looking at the larger version of you on the screen. Anyway, fun show. And then two nights ago, I had a show in, uh, for a real estate company and their clients in Salem, Oregon at the little tap room. And then uh, after that, double header, about 15 miles away in Dallas, Oregon, I had a fun show. At Two Wolves Tap Room. There are two wolves inside all of us. One wants to get drunk and one wants to laugh. Hi, I'm Gabriel Rutledge. Thanks for coming. That was a fun show. It's what you want in a like a one-nighter at a bar. You know, everyone's paying attention. It's packed. 60 people's like more than a sellout. Fun. But it did mean I had to drive home. Uh, Almost three hours, getting home at like 2.15 in the morning, then drive to Wenatchee the next day. I'm fine. Thanks for asking. Although when I just got out to go to the bathroom at the last gas station stop, uh, <laughs> I was definitely doing that thing where you like hobble halfway to the door until you're like, legs loosen up a little bit. It's not easy. 
being an elite athlete. That should be an Olympic event. What's the biathlon? Is that where you ski and then shoot? How about one where you drive eight hours and then have to speed walk to a bathroom? Oh, he was in first place after the driving portion, but... His quad seized up on the hobble walk. Lost his gold medal. There should be a less athletic Olympics. Like, maybe just... Sort of life shit, you know? Like, someone should have a gold medal in plugging in their USB cord the correct way the most times. I feel like I'm hitting about 20% on not having it upside down every time. How about like a gold medal uh, for finding the little remote that turns the sound on on your TV? Because for some reason that got turned off. Where's the little, have you guys seen the little remote? Damn it. How about an Olympic event in drug testing? Like, they drug test athletes. How about an Olympic event where you drug test people and the person with the most drugs in them wins? How are you still alive? Gold medal! How about, yeah, more practice. How about, how about a, comp a merging competition? Freeway merging. Oh, you're gonna honk at me, motherfucker? I took third in merging at Worlds. I know what I'm doing. How about a conversation competition? Where you get quizzed on what the other person said during that conversation and you have to remember. Or did you just nod and smile and wait for your turn to talk the whole time? I know we're all guilty of that a little bit, but do you ever, there's some people in life that I can think of where it's like, you're talking to them and you just see the little thought bubble over their head that goes, when's it my turn? 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 conversation I've noticed women are like I don't know if they're better at conversation but they will 
you put just random women together and they will find something in common. I don't... When I talk to a bro... I don't think that way. I don't think like if I'm talking to a guy and he's like, you know, I'm from Tennessee or whatever, and I don't go like, oh my god, I. That's so funny. My friend, my grade school friend, uh, actually moved to Tennessee. That's so weird. Small world. I don't. I don't think that way. Women find it. They find the connection. also had sex and made you? Small world. Especially back then when we lived in our dad's balls. I'm making fun, but I also admire it. I admire a, a, a woman. I watch my wife talk, go through the world and talking to people and it's like, it's a gift. She asks people questions makes them comfortable. She knows what to say when people talk about their dead relatives. You know, she knows how to go like, oh, you're from Las Vegas? My husband's a comedian. He's in Las Vegas all the time. They're off and running. I went to middle school with who came to the show last night. Do you know what we said to each other after not seeing each other for decades? Hey! Hey! And then we were done. I've had a couple of, uh, I've done this Laugh Riot show in Wenatchee three times, four times uh, in my life. Not in years, but... Actually, yeah, last year I thought I was going to do it, but then he forgot he booked me and booked someone else. <laughs> that happens occasionally. I'm like, oh yeah, that show's coming up. And then I look, I go to a website, I look at... I'm not on the poster. I'm like, oh. But he paid me some money to not do a show. Which, uh, that's kind of fun. Sorry, here's some money anyway. Fuck yeah, dude. I had one very memorable show. At this, at the Wenatchee Convention Center. Laugh Riots show. Uh, I do not remember the guy's name, and I probably would not say it anyway. But the way they do this show is it's like, you know, there's a host, and then 
someone does like 40 minutes, there's an intermission. Someone does like 50 minutes or last night, an hour and two minutes. I had a lot to say, Wenatchee. My wife and I aren't that boring. In fact, we do get adventurous enough that we have a safe word. Okay. What's that? You're scared? Is that your safe word? It would work. Actually, it wouldn't. If I was having sex with my wife and she was like, I'm scared, it's your goddamn right you were. You don't fucking know what I'm capable of. I was scratching while you were at fucking work. We're going, oh, that man, crap, crap, crap. Now I'm scared. But this particular dude from LA. You know, the the the, uh, the producer of the show told me he was, like, very adamant that he headlined. He should go last. And uh, he's like, is that all right? Do you care? Blah, blah, blah. I had you here last time. I feel like you should probably go last, but I don't want, you know, I'm like, I don't care. And also, I thought, hey, there's an intermission. I'm going first. I'll be able to sell stuff at intermission. Also, you know, I'm, I'm, I will also admit, you know, there's some ego where if someone's being a douchebag, if someone goes, uh, I'm behind one. <laughs> Sorry, I paused because I'm behind the, you know, like a big army truck and there's like fully decked out army dudes in the back of the truck getting rained on just staring at me right now I feel like I'm gonna change lanes so there you go shitty job today fellas just sitting in the rain serving your country by getting rained on on I-90 near Ellensburg. Anyway, there's ego where if a guy goes, hey, I want a headline. And there's also ego because people who talk about being from L.A. all the time, comedians who talk about being from L.A. all the time, or New York, if that's their credit, if that's the thing they're saying, I'm from LA, not I've done all these television shows or I've done all these things. You know, because like, Bill Burr is a Los Angeles comedian, but he doesn't mention that because he's just one of the biggest comedians in the world. You know what I mean? But, but if on a lower level when you're like, well, I'm from LA, so I headline. Already, I was like, mm. So there's a little ego where you go like, oh, you want to go last? Okay, motherfucker. 
you gotta follow my 45 minutes after an intermission? All right. And it's kind of funny too because it's like whenever, you know, I think a lot of times comedians don't admit that we're thinking that way. But it's also like, what does that mean? Am I trying harder? Don't I always try to do well? What does that mean to like, I'm going to bury this next guy? I don't even know what it means. I went up. I did good. Went out to the intermission. Sold a bunch of shirts. After intermission, this happened a little bit last night. Uh, I got the host of the show, uh, Vanessa Dawn, very funny Northwest comedian. She did five minutes after the intermission, did a great job getting them calmed down, getting them settled down. But even then, my first minute, you know, it's a reset. It's a reset of a show when there's an intermission. But I believe this particular show, there wasn't really like a comedic host. There was just a guy who was like thanking sponsors and saying, you know, your next comedian. And so the second show, the second half of the show, people were not settled. Still some conversation. This particular Los Angeles comedian, really, he should have like, I don't know, talked to the crowd or gutted it out for a few minutes. Whatever. He took it personally <laughs> that it wasn't going well right away. Uh, and it, within six minutes of his set he had called a woman a fat cunt in the audience uh, he was like very he was bombing and being abusive verbally it was just not going well so then I'm still I'm just like watching I'm still out because of the intermission, I'm still out by the merch table. I'm just kind of watching. And man, 20 minutes in, people start leaving. I mean, I don't know how many people were there that night, but last night there were 800. It was similar to that, you know, six, 800 people. People are just streaming out of the room. And they start, they started buying my stuff as they left out of spite people would walk by and be like fuck this guy he's terrible you were good I'll take two shirts I mean I think by the time he was done there was less than 100 people left in the room and there was at least 600 when he started I hadn't honestly I've never seen anything like it And then almost to his credit, he came out afterwards and still tried to sell merch. I think he sold a shirt or two. He was saying things like, normally I kill. Which, don't get me wrong, I've had sets before where I want to tell everyone, normally I do very well. But it's, it's really embarrassing to have to say that. I don't know what the fuck happened, normally I kill. didn't like the guy, besides not being good at comedy. I just thought real bad vibes from the dude. 
the kind of vibes where uh, a year later when he was accused of rape I thought yeah that actually makes sense like sometimes you hear about a horrific alleged thing like that and you're like oh my god that person no way I was like yeah that actually makes sense also even though I'm not saying his name he you know he was not convicted I believe the case was thrown out I don't know any of the details but uh maybe he told the judge normally I kill so this crime is actually not as bad as it could have been Your Honor, in my defense, I work all the clubs in L.A. I don't know if that dude's still in the business. I don't know how to look either, because I forgot his name, but it'll come back to me. That is a strong-ass cup of coffee. I actually like my coffee like I like my women. I always tip $2. I told you guys I've, uh, I've been going to therapy this year. been a year of personal growth <clears throat> and some professional growth. Uh, what's, have you ever seen that meme that's like, oh look, it's the consequences of my actions. I've struggled uh, in my life with people pleasing. And I, I'm not going to say any, and by the way, just to reiterate, everything you hear on this podcast is a secret. If I hear you talking about shit to other people, I will pull this card over and quit this podcast. I swear to God! Uh, a year or two ago, uh, a club in an unnamed city said, we want to book you every six months. But you can't work anywhere else in this city. And this is the amount of money. And it wasn't like a tremendous amount of money, but I thought every six months is nice. No other clubs are doing that. This guy likes me. I like people who like me. I'm a people-pleasing douche. I'll say yes. So I said yes. I turned down a few other things. When people offered me in that city. And then someone offered me literally twice as much money as he was paying me for one less show. And so I said yes. Sent, him, sent the other guy an email, and I'm like, hey, I know we had this arrangement. Uh, I just, you know, I told him the numbers financially. You know, it's twice as much as you pay me. 
I can't afford to say no. I would still like to work for you once a year instead of twice a year. And the other club doesn't care. He said, what if I pay you what the other club is paying you twice a year? And I thought about it. He goes, if you cancel at that other club, I'll give you that week. We'll do twice a year at that amount of money. And I said, I don't want to cancel. And he kind of got mad. You know? He was like, you know, we had a deal. All that, by the way, we're not talking about it signed contract. It's just like, okay, we'll do this kind of a deal. And I almost did it again. I almost was like, look, now he's now he's gonna pay me more money. And he still and then I'm like, well the other people other people want to book me too. I don't want to do this again. I don't want to only work for you. And look, I don't, you know, it's not, I don't think there's like some long beef that's going to happen, but like, I don't, he doesn't want to book me once a year. I don't work for them anymore. And so it's, it's interesting as, as, as the person who's like really been trying to like not worry so much about what people think about me. To be like, yeah, there's a club owner who will probably talk shit about me to other people. Or even if he doesn't, he will have bad feelings for me. And look, I told him, look, I probably didn't handle it right. When the other club offered me more money, I should have taken it to him first or whatever. But it wasn't all about the money. I didn't want to do the exclusive deal anymore for a variety of reasons that we don't need to get into. But so partly I feel good. Partly I'm like, no, I, I could have people pleased again, but I didn't. So that's progress. That's good. But also it is. Man, it is hard to ultimately do what's right for you and not worry about the consequences. I'm a little too loyal. I mean, it it works out sometimes. I mean, I'm still married. But like I, I remember early in my comedy career, someone would offer me like a, a, you know, I'd be doing some show at a bar for 150 bucks, and then someone would offer me another show for like 500 bucks, and this would be like three months in the future, and I'd be like, I'm sorry, I can't take that show because I already told this person I was doing it, and it's like you. Look, you don't want to get the reputation as the person who cancels all the time. But at the same time, it's like, you know, 
This wasn't a show that had pre-sales available. There was no posters. No one knew who the fuck I was. I was loyal for no reason. So yeah, it's a funny dance that we all have to do in life where, yeah, being loyal is like supporting the people who support you is the right thing to do until it's not. people in my comedy life that I will not they have done enough for me that I will be very loyal to them you know there's a a management there's a a group of owners who, who own eight comedy clubs who also financed my comedy special not financed, paid for it I'm going to do whatever the fuck they want. That's a lot of comedy clubs for me to keep working and a lot of opportunities that I want to keep have happening. So it is, you know, again, I can't, you can't just, I don't know. I'm rambling, but I guess I've been thinking about what if we all just told the truth all the time. You ever seen Liar Liar? <laughs> I don't remember how good of a movie it is, but I, it's a Jim Carrey uh, thing where he like has to tell the truth. But really, that would only work if we all did it. If you're the only person telling the truth, then you're a lunatic. Like I even say to my kids, you know, don't always tell the truth. You gotta... You know, even on a small level, if your friend gets a haircut and they're like, what does it look like? You gotta go, great. You don't get, you don't, don't go, oh no, that's terrible. If someone asks you on a date and you are not attracted to that person, you go like, oh no, no thank you. I already have plans. You don't go like, no, you're super ugly. I don't want to be with you. But if we all did that, it wouldn't be rude. So, and it, it, there is this thing in all business that's kind of like, you know, if a someone offers me an amount of money and I go (laughs) you know if I was honest sometimes I'd be like I'm gonna say yes but if things go the way I think they're gonna go I will never work for this amount of money again and then the club owner would say okay but when things aren't going well for you I'll pay you even less than I did before and then we would both shake hands that one would be offended Actually, I kind of just had that happen. I thought I was joking, but the other person didn't. Someone wanted me to do some shows uh, 
in more rural Oregon towns, and I was like, well, this is the amount of money I would need. If you can't swing it, I totally understand. And he's like, yeah, I'm not sure I can swing that. And I'm like, by the way, I'm never going to be offended with you offering. I can say no. And also, you know, I can start doing your gigs again on the way down. And he goes, yeah, absolutely. I thought he was going to laugh when I said, I'll do them on the way down. But he's like, no, 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 I'll be here. I've also been thinking about telling the truth all the time because, uh, well, my wife has lost a bunch of weight recently. Um, I mean, she loses 220 pounds when I'm out of town, but that's not what I mean. She's lost, I mean, I think I'm allowed to say. It's not a secret. This is what I'm talking about. I'm even hesitant to say this fact, this reality, this truth, because we're just not used to being truthful in life sometimes. We're used to walking on eggshells. Uh, my wife's lost like almost 70 pounds this year. Uh, she's made a ton of changes physically, mentally, everything else. She's killing it. But very... <laughs> It is so hilarious to see the reaction of people to her weight loss. People won't say, oh my God, you've lost so much weight. They'll say stuff like, you look, I mean, you're just glowing. I probably wouldn't either. It's an awkward conversation because when you're saying to someone, you've lost so much weight, you're also saying you used to be so fat. It's a weird... I get that. But it's been very hilarious to watch people interact with my wife who's lost almost 70 pounds. Just like, I mean... Is it your hair? I mean, something's working for you right now. That sweater looks great on you. That's why I think, look, my wife and I always haven't been at this place in our marriage, but at its best times, when you have someone you can actually be pretty honest with about life and each other, oh, what a fucking gift. When you can say to each other the things you're not supposed to say in polite society, and I don't mean like, I think Louis C.K. had that bit about, you know, uh, something about marriage being the person you can be secretly racist with or something. I don't remember the details. That's not exactly what I'm talking about. 
partly like, yes, when you have a partner that you can say, or a friend even, you can say all the incorrect fucking things without fear of judgment. That is amazing. But it's also amazing to just be like, You know, I'm I'm sensitive to weight issues. It's fucking complicated. I'm not at my ideal weight, and I've been much bigger in my life. I get it. I'm not judging anyone uh, for uh, any of their battles, and I'm not. You know, I I enjoy people of all sizes, and I've got the porn search history to prove it. But. It's like, okay, you know when people call you, like, and like, at least for like people in my family, like their picture comes up? And I just changed my wife's picture. And I told her that. Like, I changed your picture. And she was like, oh, why? And I go, uh... Because it was a really fat lady. And then we both laughed. Because she knows. I I love that other lady too. And I'm not telling you my marriage has always been this open and fun. But man, the times that... Fuck, it's the best. If you're looking for a partner, god damn it, pick someone you can be free with. Pick someone you can laugh about gaining weight with, too. probably a different conversation, but like, yeah, I changed your photo on my phone. Why? Because you're a lot fatter now. No, I probably wouldn't have said that. You know that, like, uh, dystopian idea that there won't be food and we'll just eat, like, pellets? Soylent Green, if you ever seen Soylent Green. Soylent Green is made of people! Because it's like a sci-fi movie where, like, when people die, they secretly turn them into the food they give to people. Look, I love food. I know food can be an art. It's a way of expression. But I also kind of like that idea of just, like, taking three pills a day. Food's tough, man. Of course I'd fuck that up, too. I'd go to the doctor and they'd be like, ah, your BMI's not really where we want it. How many food pills have you been taking a day? I'm like, ah, you know, three to ten. I'm 
sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and take a food pill. Also, I started snorting them. Is that okay? But food is the hardest addiction. I, it's not the hardest addiction. I mean, it can kill you, but it takes a long time. You know, obviously you watch like that. What is that show? My 800 pound life. I can't remember. 600? 800? I don't know. Yeah, it's killing those people. And it's... It eventually kills you at a much smaller... Yeah. It can be serious. But I mean... If you do heroin... The way to get better is never do heroin again. You don't have to do heroin to live. You have to eat. What a... It's a food addiction... That the only way to get better is moderation. And moderation is like a thing addicts aren't good at. Also, I don't even know food addiction. What does that even mean? Obviously, people are addicted to food, but it's also like... It's not like when I wake up in the morning hungry, I'm like, oh no, my addiction's back. gonna rectally take a food pill because I hear you get fucked up faster. God, this coffee sucks. I think I'm gonna go back and get my two dollars back. You know, in the Middle East, uh, and probably other places, but I've been to the Middle East. You can't order a drip coffee. You can't go to a place and say, I just want coffee. They look at you like you're insane. They look at you like you went into a restaurant and said, I would like food. They go, yes, we have coffee. Which kind would you like? And you're like, black. And they're like, what? I mean, all the... What? They don't have drip coffee. Americano. Like me. Is what you have to order. Uh, I'm going to, uh, I have a bit of a podcast Thanksgiving tradition, uh, going all the way back to, uh, when my wife and I had a podcast called The Rutledges. Um, I don't know if that's online anymore, but don't listen to it. Uh, it's really two people having conversations that we should have had behind closed doors. (laughs) Uh, anyway, it's, I told my wife, uh, on that podcast, uh, a story, uh, that's 
gone on to be known as the backup turkey. It's a Thanksgiving story that uh, my wife had never heard until I told her uh, from my family. And she, it's not even that the story is that funny, but what's so funny is my wife's reaction to the story. I actually also put the story in my book that's not out yet. Uh, but anyway, I thought this is coming out, I don't know, before or after Thanksgiving. So let's keep that tradition going. And uh, I will play the audio uh, of that story. Just for uh, shits, giggles, and turkeys. And, uh, you know, it's Thanksgiving. I'm going to give thanks to you, the podcast listener. Um, and I've actually gotten a lot of, um, you know, I've told you guys before that uh, when people tell me they like my comedy, my books, whatever, I, uh, I sort of, my reaction is like, thank you. And in my head, I'm like, you should, I'm very good. But when you, when people tell me nice stuff about the podcast, sometimes I wince a little bit because it's just a little... It's just different, you know? It's just me sharing about my life. It's like more personal. It's uh, less organized. It's more honest because it's not calculated. And But I have gotten uh, a lot of positive feedback lately uh, that people enjoy these ramblings I do in my Kia Rio and Kia Rio Studios. And uh, it means a lot to me. I appreciate it. I have a lot to be thankful for in my life this year. Uh, and you are one of the reasons I appreciate that. Enjoy the backup turkey. My grandma used to tell this story. I mean, every time we ate, she would tell the story about a Thanksgiving they went to at their friend's house or whatever. And the woman came out and she dropped the turkey. <laughs> like, just like full on... Not even an expression. It sounds like an expression. Like, how'd the game go? Well, I dropped the turkey. <laughs> really screwed the pooch and dropped the turkey. Uh, she dropped the turkey. Just like on the ground, from the tray. You know, like through the swinging doors. Just... And then she... So there's like this moment of silence. She goes, that's okay. I cooked another one. And then she picks it up. Goes back through the swinging doors. And clearly brings back the same turkey. <laughs> but just like cleaned it up a little bit. Why would you be? <laughs> so everyone at the table had to be like, yeah, sure. She cooked two 25-pound turkeys. <laughs> like, just didn't admit you dusted it off. <laughs> Good thing I cooked a backup turkey. <laughs> Uh-oh. Like, oh, I haven't seen a saltless turkey in a long time. (laughs) This is tasty. You know, I've never had bruised turkey. like oh shit uh well i'm gonna go clean it up cut around these (laughs) yeah but she's just like 
I cooked a backup. Like, that's not a thing people do. You know when no one cooks a backup turkey. <laughs> no one. There's no such thing as a backup turkey. <laughs> turkeys in an oven people that i'm sure you know at a family function or whatever people are like can i help you with anything and they're all in the kitchen they would have seen another turkey they would have been like edna why are you cooking two turkeys well i always have a backup turkey i'm clumsy <laughs> i've never i've never heard this story <laughs> just so hilarious what goes through people's minds when they panic like don't worry i cooked the day we lost Christy. Oh, shit. Good thing I cooked a backup. <laughs> I got a backup wife in the other room. Don't even worry about it. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then what are they supposed to do? Like, so she comes back out like, here it is. Here's my backup turkey. And they all have to go, that was such good thinking, Martha. Martha, like, <laughs> don't drop this one because if I, I'm guessing you don't have a third backup turkey. <laughs> So all, you know what I mean? Tight grip on that son of a bitch. He had to go along with it. Nobody could be well, like. Well, that's a smart thing to do. Bob, for Christmas, I'm going to cook two turkeys. They couldn't be like. I mean, what were they? They couldn't be like. No, you don't. Nobody has to. That would be great if someone did that. Someone just stands up like, this is bullshit, Martha. You did not cook two turkeys. I'm sick of your lies. I mean, they had to, like, probably spend the whole time. Like, that was so smart that you did that. I what a great idea. I would have liked to passive-aggressively brought it up the rest of the night. Like, hey, do you mind if I throw this pie against the wall? I'm assuming you have a backup. <laughs> 